0: You're listening to the best of the day. I say you, the best. Simply, simply the best. Halford and Bruff. Good morning,
1: Vancouver 601 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintex Studios. In beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. Uh, Laddie, we'll start with you. Good morning, Gray Balak. Hello, hello. And then we'll turn it over to the dog, A-Dog. Good morning, A-Dog. Good morning. That's Andy Cole, everybody. Halford and Breath of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Three dealerships to serve you better. North Shore Acura, Acura of Langley, and Burrard Acura on Terminal Avenue. I drive by that Terminal Avenue location every time I come into this Beautiful, new Tech studio right here at Sportsnet 650. Still not quite
0: finished yet, I don't think. Not all of the finishing touches. It's like you and I. On. It's a work in progress. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Uh, what's coming up on the show today, my friend? Uh, at
1: 6.30, we are going to be joined by Greg Wachinski from ESPN. We'll go around the league. Is the real regular season, as I like to call it. Starts tonight. Jason, the real NHL regular season. Not uh, the one that started in Prague. Those bogus European games. Yeah. Those, those points even count? They shouldn't. But they will for the National Predators, who are now four points up on the Canucks. Not that we're counting playoff spots already. So 6.30, Wish will join us. Season preview, NHL season. Not for real, for real, but kind of for real begins tonight. Uh, 7.30, Joe Fan. that is his real name. He is a brand ambassador with WinBet. He is a contributor to Seattle Sports he is probably the biggest, most diehard Mariners fan that I know. Asterisk, I don't know many. Mm-hmm. But he was very, very stoked when Seattle took care of Toronto over the weekend. And now they get to open up their ALDS series against the Astros today.
0: Today. Yes. Today. It just today. Starts, it starts right away. Is it a day game? Is it a night game? When, when, when is the Mariners game? We have not one, not two, not three, but four
1: divisional series games in Major League Baseball tonight. 10 a.m. You got the Phillies and the Braves at 1230. It's going to be the Mariners and the Astros. Uh, the Guardians of Cleveland and the Yankees go at 4.30. And then the one that I'm most excited to watch because it's going to, this is going to be the one, the baseball that goes to midnight, mm-hmm. is the 6.30 start between the Doyers and the Padres. So we'll talk to Joe Fan about all that at 7.30. 8 o'clock, Thomas Drance. Perfect day to have Drance on the show.
0: Yeah, explain everything the Canucks have done to get under the cap.
1: But, why is so much praise on the internet mm-hmm. for being over the cap, but being over the cap in a good way? With injuries. Right. I think. Is that right?
2: This is our Stanley Cup. <laughs> <There> <laughs>
1: Do will we get be a, a banner? Ban- uh, there will is be a banner. Is there a banner? A banner. Yes. We'll talk so- so-
0: and Dranter, where will uh, uh, Klimovich play exactly. <laughs> against the Oilers? Because he made the team, apparently. It's very confusing.
1: If you get papered up for a day to be on the opening night roster and then papered back down and you're never on it again I feel like there should be some benefit to you yeah you're allowed to tell girls you're like
0: I'm in the NHL isn't he is he married though is Uh, he one of those Russians that came over and got married when he was like 19 let's
1: let's talk in hypotheticals I think you're right but Mm -hmm. I don't think he's Belarusian do you know I am a hockey player Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know is he French Canadian yeah (laughs) (laughs) Not even close. I'll get up. there. Work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Danila, why are you wearing a beret and like, carrying a baguette? I, to I know there was dad.
0: talk he could go to the queue, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's getting ready.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, the Drancer's is going to join us to talk about everything other than Klimovich's heritage. We're going to talk about the opening night roster for the Vancouver Canucks, and then really... How it might change by the time they get to their opening night on Wednesday, of course, when their season kicks off against Edmonton. So we mentioned NHL regular season, the games tonight, Uh, Tampa Bay and the New York Rangers, followed by uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings, two teams that the Canucks will presumably be chasing for a playoff spot or spots. Uh, in the Western Conference this year. I mentioned the divisional series in Major League Baseball. Champions League is back. Two big ones today, Chelsea and Milan, and then Benfica and Paris Saint-Germain. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Jason, but your favorite name in the footballing world, Mbappe, Kylian Mbappe. There's major rumors this morning that his relationship with PSG is fractured, Uh and he wants out in the January transfer window. Just throwing it out there. Okay. So it's a big show. We are now fully into like the fall season, the autumn season of sports. This is a huge lineup today, right? You got two NHL games as the season gets underway. Four playoff baseball games. It's awesome. There's a lot to talk about. You
0: might even have to skip your nap today.
1: Nah. Well. Mariners game right in the middle of the day. Could I nap between <laughs> the Mariners game and the Yankees game? We'll see. That's so, what I, you were so busy. I know. I got so many things on the go. It Who's to say what's going to happen? But what we need to do now as we need to explain everything that happened yesterday, we need to tell you what happened.
0: Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? You
1: missed, you missed that? What happened? So around 3 o'clock, 3.30 yesterday, an hour after they were supposed to be due, uh, the Canucks announced their opening night roster for the 2022-2023 NHL campaign. I was listening to this fine sports radio station, Sportsnet 650. Thankfully, we were on the air. That's been a problem lately. Sat and Dan were sitting in here (laughs) waiting patiently, anxiously, to see what this lineup was going to look like,
0: that must have been good radio refresh. It wasn't fresh. Were, we're doing their uh, best. Just refresh. Ref- when, when's it going to happen? Because I noticed that uh, a couple of the other teams confirmed their roster like two hours before the Canucks did. Do you the think t- the Canucks t- were like last minute, just like oh god, we got the roster today? They were scratching their heads, like how, do you how are we going Klim- to do this? Where's Klimovich from? <laughs> and someone's like, oh, "Is he good from France?"
1: No. Okay. Uh, so there was a. There was a reaction of sorts that people kind of knew what to expect, but also didn't. And the big stories coming from yesterday, one were the guys that are going to start on injured reserve. Ilya Mikhaev, uh, Tyler Myers, and Travis Dermott are all going to start on IR. Now, for the purposes of not trying to put our listeners back to sleep, I don't think that we should go too far down the wormhole trying to explain uh, a lot of the minutia about LTIR, cap relief, cap savings. Just know it this way. The Canucks are doing LTIR better than anybody in the NHL right now. When we
0: do it, we do it right. Uh, And also, we need to differentiate between IR. Correct. And LTI. Uh, McKayev, Myers, and Dermott will start on IR. Um, But thanks to the magic of backdating their injuries into the offseason, they won't automatically miss the first three games. They might, for sure. Missed those first three games. But uh, I would say of those three, Mikaev sounds like he's the most likely to play soon. Not Wednesday in Edmonton, probably. But Bruce Boudreau said that he could practice the Friday before Saturday afternoon's game in Philly. So maybe Mikheyev, if they're lucky, will only miss one game. Brock Besser, meanwhile, and Connor Garland, who also... Head injuries. Brock Besser, of course, with uh, Andy Cole's major hand surgery. And despite having major hand surgery, Brock Besser may not miss a game. What a Um, a warrior.
2: Freak of nature, man.
0: Garland got kind of banged up a little in the final preseason game against Arizona. He had to leave that. And the fear was it was a concussion, but I think they were just being extra cautious with Garland. Bruce Boudreaux was like, I've watched the Dolphins game. We're taking this guy out of here. Yeah. Uh, they're both on the active roster and will presumably be available for Wednesday's opener. Besser is expected to be in a regular jersey a non-con- or, or a contact jersey right. as opposed to the non-contact jersey today at practice. Now, there were some weird things that happened. Klimovich was named to the roster, but only for cap reasons. He is not going to play for the Canucks Out of the gates, probably won't play for the Canucks this season. That's okay. Um, Carlson, Linus Carlson, was sent down. He could easily be recalled, especially if Besser isn't quite ready for Wednesday. It's all kind of complicated, but the fact of the matter is the Canucks are going to have a few injuries and a few of their injured players are going to be back. We'll see how it all pans out for Wednesday's game in Edmonton. Um, Bruce Boudreaux was was talking about the quote-unquote havoc that was created by injuries for the Canucks, Uh, and we all know that this preseason has probably not gone as smoothly as the Canucks would have wanted. Uh, There have been injuries. There have been distractions here and there. Um, but as far as the roster of the team, Bruce Boudreau kind of noted, like this is the way it's been ever since I got here. It has played a little bit of
2: havoc of what you what you dreamed of as your lineup in the in the summer. But I mean, I, I'm sure every team goes through this at some point. Let's hopefully uh, we can get through it, and, uh, and it's at the beginning. And once we get healthy, we stay healthy. So I mean, it's it's. Uh, hey it comes with the territory if you if you're not ready to play when guys are injured i mean i, I don't think we had a full lineup at all one time last year since i was here and and uh, so it's just move on and next guy up and they got to show that they can play in the league
0: so in other news quinn hughes missed practice again boudreaux said he was under the weather and made sure to reference that it, it wasn't covid related um but Quinn Hughes did miss practice yesterday. We'll see if he's back today at practice. Uh, I think he's gonna be able to play Wednesday in Edmonton. I'd be pretty surprised mm-hmm. if he if he wasn't. And based on line rushers at uh practice yesterday, um, uh, it's probably gonna be Hughes with Shen, OEL with Poolman, because remember, Myers is hurt, uh, and then it sounds like Riley Stillman is going to be thrown right into the mix because he was on a pairing with Kyle Burrows, and then Rathbone, who filled in for Hughes yesterday at practice, will probably be the healthy scratch. Mm-hmm. Having said that, this could all change, right? Like, I, I, I it, it, it's, it's been such a um, juggled, juggling <laughs> uh, a preseason. It, it's weird because we went into this. Um, training camp and preseason, and we were talking about it's going to be so different this year under Bruce Pujol because you know he likes to have continuity with his lines and his pairings, and you know chances are, um, you know some of the some of the lines you see on the first day of training camp, we might see those opening night in Edmonton. Yeah. Well, and then a bun uh, like a hundred injuries happen, right? Well, so yeah,
1: and then right now what you're looking at is, I mean, it's hard not to look at the defensive pairs and kind of give the uh, yikes. Grit teeth emoji because yeah, it's... I, I, I
0: don't see uh, like Hughes and Shen, fine. Uh, although Quinn Hughes is might be playing a little bit under the weather. Uh, and then you know, OEL Pullman, okay, Stillman and Burroughs, Stillman. <laughs> Yes, he's barely been with the team.
1: I know. And you know? R- Riley Stillman ha- is 24 years old, and he has over 100 games of NHL experience. So it's not as if you're getting someone that's completely green to the league or what it entails, but you're right. There's no chemistry or continuity. There's no continuity because there's nothing to build off of. He hasn't been here. It's it's If you're talking about the importance of the start and – how the Canucks can't afford to get behind the eight ball or fall in the standings early. You're going to look at that blue line and say you guys are going to have to play way above your heads, collectively as a group, and then I think individually you're going to have to look at Quinn Hughes and say, son. I hope you're prepared to play 30 minutes a night for the first five games of the year because that's honestly yeah. what this looks like to me.
0: This is a tough road trip too, right? You, you start in Edmonton. And there's a lot of people out there that are they good. S- see the Oilers as a legit Stanley Cup contender. I, I'm still not sure I love their blue line that much, but man, you, you can't deny the talent. And this was a team that made the final four last season. Then you go to Philly and on paper, that's an easy game. But it's the second game of the season, you're, you're on a road trip, it's an afternoon game, uh, and then you play back-to-back, that's key, in Washington and Columbus, and you finish the road trip off with your third game in four nights against a pretty tough team in Minnesota. So, the way things are looking right now for the Canucks, like, I'd take two and three on that road trip. Yeah, I would
1: as well. The The back-to-backs are going to be extremely difficult. I guess the, the other big question that we haven't really had an answer to yet, and I guarantee we won't until they get on the road, is how much Thatcher Demko is going to play over these first five games. You've got to assume that Spencer Martin gets a start somewhere. Yeah,
0: I think he'll play four of the five games. So Demko, that, not so, Martin.
1: Right, it probably be Demko. So what you're looking at there is, here, let's start running through the anticipatory nature of this upcoming five-game road trip. You're going to have a forward group that, Has the luxury of depth, but is also going to be in flux, like we said. Is Besser going to play on Wednesday night for the opener? Who knows? When's Mikhaev going to make his debut? Well, hopefully Saturday in Philly, but who knows. But they've got the pieces to be able to compensate, I would say. Mm -hmm. Second part of that, uh, looks like Nils Oman, and assuming that the paper trail goes correctly, Linus Carlson will probably factor into this at some point. Which is intriguing and a good pat on the back for those guys because I think if you talk about training camp and taking advantage of the opportunities presented, good on those two.
0: I don't know about Carlson. If Bessler's ready to go uh, Wednesday in Edmonton, Carlson's not going to play. Yeah,
1: so it, it mostly comes down to the same thing as in the preseason, which is like, is a guy yeah. hurt? There's your opportunity. Unless
0: Boudreaux chooses... Carlson over Hoaglander, which is doubtful. Anyway, let's not confuse the listeners any further than they already are.
1: And then on the blue line, it mostly comes down to, is this patchwork style going to be able to get them through? I mean, there is the possibility that Boudreaux goes into the first couple of games of the season having never coached Riley Stillman, and pro- I, honestly probably not being all that familiar with him, and saying, this is going to be equal parts audition, this is going to be equal parts sink or swim, Yeah, and then... Equal parts, can we rely on you or can we not? Because if we can't, they would theoretically have Rathbone to bring into the lineup, but there's also another big question mark because he's got such a limited body of work. How do you think Rathbone,
0: Rathbone feels about that? If Stillman gets a start over him, this I don't guy... Think he's,
1: I don't think he's in a place to complain about no. it, but I think on a personal level, he would probably be pissed, and I think he'd have a right to.
0: Yeah. but it's, I mean, that's fine if you're a competitive guy. <laughs> sure. Um, but this, you know, Riley Stillman comes in He he's not exactly the most accomplished NHL he's played more games in the NHL than than Jack Rathbone has yes um still new guy hasn't done all that much in the NHL and he's getting the start over Rathbone I guess it's a good message sent to Rathbone mm-hmm. like it's not going to be easy here I'm curious to see them together,
2: though, Stillman and Bros. Like It's got kind of like a Bash Brothers feel to it. I'm, I'm they're interested. going to be physical. I'm interested to see yeah. how it looks, you know, because so they're both two, very physical
1: guys. Two things. One, and I heard this a couple times on the station yesterday. I think Durant said it, and I think Sat reiterated it. Um, that there probably wasn't a coincidence in what we perceived as a potential lack of pushback against Edmonton in the second-to-last preseason game and the addition of Riley Stillman, who is a big robust. Take no no nonsense defenseman. Yeah. Sat also said yesterday during Canucks uh, or sorry, Canucks central with Dan Riccio that in asking around about that trade, um, Stillman had more of more stock and value than he initially expected or anticipated. Mm -hmm. Like he wasn't just a straight throw in that. It was a guy that the Canucks kind of targeted as, Hey, if we're going to do a deal, We don't just want it to be a straight cap dump where we're giving you a sweetener. Let's see if we can make some semblance of a hockey trade. Lo and behold, Stillman goes from now a Chicago team where he was playing. He played almost 60 games last year to a Canucks team where obviously the expectations are higher and he will get to play a role on a team that has playoff aspirations as opposed to Chicago who are just kind of hanging out this year, right?
0: There is a feeling among some NHL GMs that uh, you basically have to have your... Your big-time puck mover and your power play quarterback. And then the rest of your defense, yeah, they need to be able to move the puck. Of course they need to be able to move the puck. It's the NHL. But you want to have some heft. And you want to have some toughness. And we've seen that from teams um, that have gone far in the playoffs. They haven't necessarily won the Stanley Cup. But if you look at their defense, they're big. And they're tough. Yep. And, you know, I, and, and, and I, listen, you look at the Canucks defense right now and you're not exactly like, whoa, watch out. You know, like, time. you know, well, I mean, Luke Shen will hit you hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kyle Burrows is tough. And Riley Stillman, we hope, is tough.
1: They can't afford Shen to go and do any of the rough stuff, though. You got to stay in the penalty box. It could be, it be plays, worse, though. It could be the true, Habs, yeah. defense. <laughs> plays too much. Sorry? It could be worse. It could be the Habs defense. Did you guys see that? Yesterday? I did. Well, the
0: Habs defense is one of those defenses that originally, like before they went through this rebuild, when they went to the Stanley Cup final, people were looking at it and going, those are some big boys back there. They're all gone now. The, most of them are gone now, yeah. I think all of them are. They're all this. of them?
1: Weber, Sherratt, Big Ben Sherratt, Petrie. Their top yeah. pairing is
0: Jordan Harris
1: yes. and
2: David Savard.
1: Who Can you pronounce the one dude's name that no. starts with an X? No. Arbor. You know the guy I'm talking about? Saj? Ex- I would love to know. X. Ex-
0: H E K A J (laughs) It's Elon Musk's son
1: Yeah (laughs) Yeah there's a relation Yeah He grew up so fast We should get a Montreal guest on And then ask them to pronounce it And then be like Okay thanks Just call it
2: it Mr. X Mr. X
1: Okay uh, I want to do some NFL stuff Before we go to break And turn things over More hockey talk With Greg Wyshynski From ESPN at 630 We do need to talk about Monday Night Football Last night What A
0: good Football game Can I ask you something Yes Um what is the um, – let me put it another way. Do the Kansas City Chiefs ever have a dud? No. Kansas City Chiefs should be on prime time. <laughs> they're like guaranteed every entertainment. Same, yeah. Even no. their loss to the Colts earlier in the season was compelling because you're like, I can't believe they're losing to Indianapolis. They
1: have like big
0: controversial
1: plays almost every week. There was another one last week. They can spot the opposition seemingly any lead. 17 nothing. by the way, last night. The Raiders blew a 17-0 lead. That's twice that they've done that in the first five games, the Raiders. They are the team to put on Monday night football, Thursday night football, or Sunday night football because they always bring it. And you know why? Because Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey might be the best show in sports right now. Mm -hmm. It is remarkable how good the two are together. Mahomes is... Mahomes plays quarterback, and I know we kind of run out of superlatives here, but he plays quarterback like nobody else in the NFL, yeah, all due respect to Josh Allen, who I think is great, but Mahomes does it in a way that nobody else can replicate it and you know, unbelievable.
0: you know my favorite player on the Chiefs right because he had a pretty big game
1: Travis Kelsey, yeah, yeah, he was incredible no he was uh, he had seven catches for twenty five yards so they're like, oh, they did a good job of shutting him down, but four of those catches <laughs> were for touchdowns. <laughs> It was. It's he. I it,
0: only catch in the end zone.
1: Him and uh, Mahomes have such good chemistry together. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Now, uh, a couple different big moments from that game last night. By the way, a thirty to twenty nine victory for the Kansas City Chiefs. Three takeaways. One, the Raiders' decision to go for it for the two point conversion with four minutes left in the fourth quarter, after they had scored a long touchdown to make it thirty to twenty nine. Why? Josh McDaniels essentially said in his post-game remarks that, and this was fair, uh, the Chiefs t- had a, quote, lot of uh, momentum in the second half. I'm like, oh, you mean when they were erasing your 17-point lead? Yeah, yeah, they did. He, Without saying it out loud, he assumed that if we gave the ball back to the Chiefs, they were going to score. So they, the, the Raiders were going to need another score anyway. And if that's the case do we just try and go for a lead here and hope that maybe Mahomes throws a pick or something? The,
0: the problem, the or flaw. that Or that we can win it if the Chiefs score too quickly, that right. we can win it with a, with a field goal. Still, it was a bad decision.
1: It wasn't a good decision. And I, I think the bigger issue that I had with it is if you're going to take the risks and have the cojones to make that call, mm-hmm. why not go for something a little bit more deceptive than an inside zone handoff to your running back and then plow it into the line? I mean, he nearly made it. Yeah, I know, but I felt like... The way that they were throwing the ball, because Devonta Adams and
0: and you're damned if you, you on on plays that you don't make. I'm sorry, but it, it seems to me when I read social media and I hear I hear hot take artists like yourself, I love a take. It's like it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because um, how many times? A, wow, it's a sh- it's short to Just run the ball. Just make it so. And then if you get complicated and you have something. More complex, like you're arguing for here, and yep. and you, and you have a bad play, then like, oh, they they outthought themselves. Like the key is basically just call a play that works. But here,
1: but I'm saying, I think you, you're going to you,
0: get second guess regardless. You of are. what whatever play you call.
1: That's that's the one beautiful thing about the NFL right now is with the increased use of guys going for two pointers and the increase in going on fourth down. Is yeah. it? It makes it so easy to have arguments because the argument is so black and white. It's either you go for it. Or you don't, right? And then you can have And then you have
0: the argument over the play that you ran if you do go for it.
1: It's per it's it's sports radio mana from heaven. Anyway, that was one of the things that happened yesterday. Uh the other thing, I don't know if you saw it or not, but two consecutive days now in the National Football League and two horrendous roughing the passer penalties. The one last night, Chris Jones for the Chiefs got a sack on Derek Carr, and it was a strip sack. So he actually knocked the ball loose. And in going to the ground. Scoop the ball with his left hand and put it into his chest. A remarkable defensive play. Like, a great defensive play. Yeah. You should be getting nothing but kudos. Except Chris Jones got a 15-yard roughing the passer penalty. Mm-hmm. And the worst part now.
0: The worst part is, though, come on, it was on Derek Carr. Yeah. well, that's, I mean, he's good. I'm just kidding. I, like... y-
1: you know what? Uh, he was really good yesterday. I think
0: you but... need to win a Super Bowl in order to get, like, Terrible calls well like th- Brady's the other day that was because he had seven Super Bowls so right. you can't you can't even breathe on him well no you can't you can't though but
1: that's two straight days and the Brady one was bad like you and I talked about it yesterday the, br- the Brady, Brady one was
0: crazy. one of the worst calls in NFL history
1: and this one is on the heels of that not as bad for sure but not roughing the passer plain and simple the biggest issue that they got right now they're not using instant replay to go back and check some of these yeah because right now if you look at if you if you were able to do a replay of the Grady Jarrett tackle on Tom Brady from from Saturday, for, sorry from Sunday, there's not a person alive that would have looked at that and upheld a roughing the passer penalty. There's yeah.
0: no way, but they're not doing it. No, they're not, they they can not review roughing the passer, man. We can't do this. What was your I, third point?
1: Uh, third point was Devonte Adams after the game. I, I he shoved a cameraman to the ground. He is going to.
0: But he apologized. Yeah, He's like, sorry.
1: I that. don't know if that's going to cut it. Somehow, they're already talking suspension for Devontae Adams because yeah. it was—it just—it got caught on camera. It's—it's going to be—it's going to be a suspension, I would imagine, mm-hmm. because if there's one thing you can't have doing, it's having angry players running off the field, pushing over civilians on their way to the
0: tunnel. Uh, Greg Wyszynski is going to join us next, but I wanted to mention that the Chiefs' next two games—they're <laughs> uh, tasty, as Halford would say. Yep. Uh, at home to Buffalo next Sunday. On the road in San Francisco the week after that. So the next two Chiefs games, hopefully they're as entertaining as last night's. Greg Washinsky, NHL Talk, coming up next. Halford and Bruff, Sportsnet 650. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the day. and bruff
1: 704 on a tuesday it's a big band tuesday here on the helping and bruff show on sportsnet 650 Halford and Breath of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of accurate dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari accurate dealer today.
2: Listen to that brass go. Brass is a metal. I'm loving it. It's like we
1: planned it. You, you timed that out really well, Mike. You know what else is a metal? Anything that they will accept at North Star Metal Recycling. It's true.
0: What they- else do they accept? Metals. I'
1: like, I'm, I'm, we have to do a live read at the end of this hour so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it a surprise a secret okay. if you will about what else they accepted North Star metal heavy segment. metal yes heavy metal
0: mm-hmm. uh, um, by the way thanks to the listeners that texted in and said something is rotten in the state of Denmark is from Hamlet uh, I'm actually shocked that we have listeners that that knew that I was shocked that we had a producer that Knew it was Shakespeare. I have to admit,
2: I used to act Shakespeare back in the day. In my did acting you? I, days.
0: I, I I could not. Bart on the beach, baby. I, really?
2: Yeah, I didn't. No, really, I'm serious. You were an actor. I was an actor back in the day. I did not know what, this. What
0: what what roles did you play?
2: Tybalt in Romeo and Juliet. Bottom. In he was the and he Dream. was the
0: butler, right? Tybalt. <laughs> come, <laughs> <on, laughs> come
2: on, man! <laughs> look, look who I'm working with right now. <laughs> Listeners, help me out here. I honestly, <laughs> I, I'm by I, myself
0: on an island. I I remember reading uh, Shakespeare in high school. It's not for everyone. And, of course, this was Mm pre-internet, so, like, I needed the Coles Notes books. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't, this is not English. I do not understand what is going on here. I had to read it, like, Mm. ten times in order to get the gist of it. I
2: know. It's hard. The trick with Shakespeare is to get someone to talk, talk to you in Shakespearean as if they're speaking normal English. Can you do that? Well, not on the spot, but I'm just so, saying somebody better than me, if they were to speak good Shakespeare to you, but they just speak like I'm speaking to you right now, then right. your brain would be like, okay, I kind of get the gist of what they're saying. I may not know every single word, but I understand the point they're coming across. Is me. it
0: because that way you're not reading it in verse?
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, all the best Shakespearean performances I've ever seen in my life have been, it feels like I'm just hearing somebody speak normally. Right. So, that, And that's kind of the trick to it with most people.
0: Yeah, I still don't understand it though. Because yeah, there's a lot of words that I don't use in my.
1: No, for sure.
2: It's it's right? it's not for everyone.
1: Yeah. I
0: really want you to do the voice now. Do, I, I,
1: I, I do the Hamlets. You can't tease us like. No. Yeah.
2: yeah. No. Come on. But my, in but, but, but in
0: but in Klimovich's <laughs> accent. Yeah.
2: Are you going to the French
0: Canadian league?
2: <laughs> <Again>. He's Belarusian.
1: <laughs> Not even remotely close to being French. Something rotten to the state
2: of Denmark. We need to ban accents on this show. Yeah. We do. None of
1: us can do. We that. do. I know it's poor. Just to put it mildly. Okay, what do we? We wanted to dive back into the Canucks stuff. This segment. Is I thought that that's what
0: you were setting up while Andy and I were. Were what were you doing here?
1: How could I set up anything? <laughs> was I was in Hamlet. I was. I was I'm like, how do I pivot off this? And then I was like, because I know he's going to do the Klimovich impression at the end of this. No, uh, Vancouver Canucks. Opening night roster is set until they change everything up and send some guys up and send some guys down. Klimovich was uh, on the roster as of yesterday. We'll see what happens today. The Canucks practice at 11 o'clock today at UBC. I I assume we will get more answers to whatever questions we have left because, again, remember, the roster was not announced until about 3 or 3.30 our time yesterday. So practice was done and dusted. I assume that they will meet with the media. So there's two real big narratives that are going to happen. One, what is your opening night roster going to look like? And two, are you guys ready to go to Edmonton tomorrow night to open your season against the Oilers?
0: So a couple of things to watch for at today's practice is uh, which jersey will Brock Besser be wearing? If it's a non-contact jersey, that probably means he's going to play tomorrow in Edmonton. Uh, will the Canucks be rushing Brock Besser into the lineup? Probably. hmm and the other question will be, is Quinn Hughes practicing today? Uh, he's been under the weather the past few days. The Canucks have told him to, I don't know, go to the drugstore and get some cough syrup and get and get better because we're going to need you, buddy. Right. Uh, so we'll see if Quinn Hughes is ready to practice, even if he's not at practice. And I wonder if the Canucks might be like, hey, take a few extra days because we don't want you giving everyone the flu or whatever you've got. Uh, Boudreaux was uh, sure to say that it's not – Covid, right. but still, you don't want something going through the room this early in the season. Even if he's not a practice today, I would still expect him to play uh, Wednesday in Edmonton. That's just a couple things that you can keep an eye on. Um, we talked that uh, we talked to in the last segment about this segment and the fact that we're going to go through some of the athletics uh, NHL predictions. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that. Uh, obviously the first question is who will win the Stanley cup and all their writers voted, right? So they've got a lot of NHL writers, the, the, the national writers, the, 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 beat reporters for the individual teams. So we'll kind of mention the teams in all these categories that, um, got a over 10% of the vote. So for example, in who will win the Stanley cup, there was actually a tie between Carolina and Colorado Carolina got 28% of the vote. And so did Colorado third place. The only other team to get more than 10%. Any guesses guys, any guesses
1: only one to get over 10%. So
0: Carolina, Colorado, would it be
1: wishes pick the Edmonton Oilers? It was
0: the Edmonton Oilers. And I have to admit, I'm a little bit surprised. Well, I'm not surprised because they got Connor McDavid. I don't, I don't think the Oilers have uh, a Stanley Cup caliber blue line. That doesn't mean that it's going to be impossible for them to win. We've seen some teams, um, you know, Pittsburgh, for, for example, when they've got the likes of Sid and Geno, right? That that helps you so much. And the Oilers have they're not identical, but it's pretty similar. When you got McDavid and and Dryside. you can get away with things. If Jack Campbell can be a good goalie for them, yeah. like don't get me wrong, they got a chance. They made it to the Final Four last season, but they weren't really competitive with Colorado in that series, oh, so it considering was a, they got swept.
1: It was a sweep, and there's no other way to look at it. Now, uh, Wish was talking about Colorado, and you were talking about Colorado as well, in different terms, but the same idea. Are, will they be a Stanley Cup contender yet again? The obvious answer is yes, because they're the defending champions. I think the most interesting thing with Colorado – and it was funny. I was just pulling up the article on my phone. One of my favorite authors, Phil Hay, writes for The Athletic. He covers leads, interestingly enough. He said, someone once wrote that full bellies breed gentle manners. The pinch of famine makes monsters. So I'm wondering if you can apply that to Colorado. Because Wish kind of alluded to it. It's like, when you win, you have to acknowledge that there is a sense of contentment, right? Now, everyone's hungry and everyone's dying to get back on top of the mountain. You know, I think the Colorado Avalanche is a group are obviously going to be striving to go back-to-back. Nathan I will,
0: McKinnon doesn't strike me as the type of
1: guy that's like, and we're good here. He's never hungry because he's always eating all of that, what is it, like mung bean pasta or whatever it is right. that he eats. Anyway, uh, for me, I honestly, I know Carolina's been a chic pick for a while, but Carolina, to me, is the team that ticks enough boxes to where I think that this could be the year for them. Yeah, I they think, were my pick last season. Yeah, and I think that what they've done in adding, honestly, adding patcheretti and Burns for nothing is a very very significant thing and i think that the way that they've devised this is brent burns still good
0: i, I think, guess we're gonna find out right well
1: i here's the thing i think that he's so unique as a player mm-hmm. uh and i think he be, he can become so valuable in the postseason because yeah. of his versatility like you don't have to play him 24, 25 minutes a night anymore, but he's such a weapon on the man advantage. And he just gives you a different look. God, you could play him at forward if you wanted. Mm -hmm. He used to do that. Pacioretty is a built-in trade deadline acquisition. And they framed it as such. They've told anyone that'll listen, hey, the injury is bad. We're obviously not happy about it. We prefer to have Max all the way through the year. But when January, February rolls around, we're going to add a guy that is... A perennial thirty goal scorer, and they've got that little added bonus that they picked up Paul Stastny for nothing. And Stastny and Patrik have always had a combo. I think that team for me is the most. Older now, right? I think that team for me is the most complete team in the NHL. Went
0: complete, but do they have that killer instinct led by like who's their leader? Who's their leader? Who's who's the leader? Because in Colorado, you're kind of like you know that Landeskog is the captain, right? But you know that McKinnon. It's always been the issue. It's always
1: been the issue with Carolina is that. They are kind of defined by having a lot of really good players. I yeah. think their best player is Sebastian Ajo. Mm-hmm. But in terms of being the alpha, the dog in the room, the leader, i Well, I'm they not, were hoping
0: it would sure. be Svechnikov, right?
1: Yeah, but it's hard at the forward position when you're maybe not the best forward. I mean, where else does that happen? The, the answer for
2: forward? Brent Burrs, by the way, point six points per game last year,
1: about his career average. So he's not quite the player that he used to be when he was running about a point I per game. I bet that uh, him getting out of San Jose would give him a shot in the arm. Like, maybe. He's no also 37 years old, though. Yeah, Jay, that's yeah. fine. Bremper. it's it's not
0: his point production that i'm worried about it would be his defensive abilities right on a, especially on a team like carolina that takes a lot of pride in how they play and they play the system and like who are the, who are carolina's goalies this season I, I i can't even keep up so i i gotta go with you laddie well, did they make some is Freddie anderson there is like yeah what, what's going on like because uh, he was hurt for the playoffs obviously
2: chet as well who's yeah. their other goalie and is Ranto still there? I don't, I don't even know what his contract situation is. But,
1: but
0: that's uh, the thing with Carolina, yeah. right? We're there's, just there's, like they're who's they're always goalie? cycling goalies. Yeah. They're always cycling through goalies. Um, the worst team in the NHL. There was only two that got votes, significant votes uh, from the athletic writers. I shouldn't say the only team that got the votes because the Flyers and the Sharks actually got a few votes, but sixty-four percent. Of athletic writers chose the Arizona Coyotes. Twenty-eight percent chose Chicago, and this isn't just a you know laugh at those teams. This is a hell of a draft. They're designed. To,
1: they're designed to be bad on purpose. Yeah,
0: I really hope Bedard doesn't go to Arizona. I'll be really disappointed. I hope he, if Bedard doesn't. I, if, I, if I, hope I, I just. I just. I. I don't want Connor Bedard. Um, one of the next great players in the NHL probably, and also a local product, I don't want him to go to Arizona I hope because I have I, no faith in that organization to figure it out.
1: I hope that uh, they get the first overall pick and they try to draft him and he won't go there. That, to me, is the dream scenario. Is that not possible? Yeah, it's, is
0: that it's not possible. realistic? I think it's this more than This season fair. that someone goes, I'm not going there. Look at all the guys that want out. What happens? Okay, walk through this with me. Okay. What happens if... Sometime in the fall when the Coyotes are expected to get, I guess, certainty on this Tempe arena, what happens if that gets shut down? Like they don't get it. There's some sort of roadblock. And by the time the draft comes along, there still isn't certainty in Arizona about their next arena, whether they're going to be playing in Arizona, how long they're going to be playing in a college barn. There's going to be more players that ask out. Mm -hmm. And Connor Bedard is the type of player that, he steps immediately into an NHL lineup. He's not one of these guys that's drafted in the third or fourth round and be like, well, it doesn't really matter. It's probably going to take a couple of years for me to get to the NHL anyway. I'm sure Arizona will have it figured out mm-hmm. or, or or whatever. I mean, look at all the players that want out of Arizona yep. and have successfully gotten out of Arizona. Jacob Chickren still hoping to get out of Arizona. I do not want Connor Bedard going there. I think it would just be really sad.
1: Having him make his NHL debut in a 5,000-seat college stadium. It's gross, man. Uh, on that
0: team? Yeah.
1: If you guys had to guess right now, without looking, no looking, no Googling, who's the first-line center for the Arizona Coyotes right now? I'll give you a hint. It's a former Canuck. Is it Cassian? No.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's playing center just now. throw him no, in there. No. Uh, Brad Richardson? No. Uh, it's a former Canuck. How many games did he play? Not for a the can- lot. Not many games for the Canucks? The answer, ladies and gentlemen, Travis Boyd. Oh, Travis right. Travis okay. Boyd. I, I've heard, it's so funny. Like, sometimes I read the things out of Arizona. I'm like, it's sad to cover this team because they're, like, pretty hyped on Travis Boyd. Bonus points if anyone can tell me who their top defensive pairing is currently comprised at the moment. Is it chicken on one of them? No. Oh, <laughs> Is it <laughs> Gostas Bear? Bear? Gostas Bear is one of them. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't care. Who would just tell me? Patrick <laughs> Nemeth. Oh, Patrick Nemeth. We are Nemeth. looking nice. for Patrick Nemeth. The now, I,
1: I assume if Chikrin plays, that he would be on the top pairing. He's like in sort of this weird abyss no man's land. They might... Honestly, if you're designed to be this bad, why even play him? If you're going to trade him anyway, just keep him, I don't know, on the treadmill and then pack him in ice when he's not on the treadmill and just wait to try and move him. I Look, this is going to be an embarrassing year. Once... The novelty wears off with Mullet Arena and ASU and people thinking it's cool to go watch an NHL game in what basically constitutes an auxiliary gym. Uh, It's going to be it's going to be embarrassing and it's going to be really bad after the
2: sixth blowout at home. Is it really going to be that much of a novelty anymore to
0: watch a game with 5,000 people? The
1: question is going to be is when do the players start being like, this isn't fun. Like, I don't like getting changed. in. I
0: I think it came Friday in uh, Rogers Arena. Like, I don't like – Like, this isn't fun. This is embarrassing.
1: Like, I joked last week, like, when you have to share your showers with the, like, intramural broomball team at ASU, I'm not even joking. That's what that whole – Situation.
0: Prove us uh, wrong, Coyotes, prove us wrong. Don't have to
1: worry about Bedard, though because
2: you know once he gets drafted he's going to request a trade to the Canucks, right? Like that's just going to happen. They he's were talking about that do, on do Ross uh, and be like, "I'm going to play for the Canucks, I don't care who drafts
1: I again was listening to SportsNet 650, the preeminent sports radio show. You sound so it, surprised. This. I know, I was. Like, you know oh, what? <laughs> I actually tuned into the station. <laughs> I don't it's care. It's not bad. <laughs> I don't care for it normally, but I gave it a shot. Um it was Donnie was on with Sat and Dan, and they, I guess I tuned in about halfway through the evolution of the conversation. They were already talking about if the Canucks were going to be able to sign Connor Bedard in free agency. I was, I was like, what year are we in? <laughs> what did just I just skipped ahead. Yeah. And Donnie was talking about how like previous stars that were from BC and from the Lower Mainland didn't want to sign in Vancouver. I'm like Connor Bedard's not even in the NHL yet. I feel like we're yeah. light years ahead of where we should be. Uh, let's already, talk about how he's going to hold out from Arizona and refuse to show up after they draft him.
0: I think I've got a an extra soft spot in my heart for Connor Bedard because his favorite Canuck was Tyler Mott. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> how <laughs> awesome is that? That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like I like, like this guy. I'm yeah. like this, this is like this is a guy who will. Uh, you know, he's being touted as, uh, you know, the next generation of, you know, Sidney Crosby and, and, and Connor McDavid. Like, the next great Canadian player is like, I like that Mod guy. Yeah, You <laughs> was... admire
2: people that can do things that you can't do. So maybe he wants to be more of a defensive. Well, but that's player. why, that,
0: no, I'm, I'm serious, huh. that's why I actually liked it. Yeah. I'm like, so he admires players that Work probably hard. don't have as much talent as he did. But work hard, grind, and you know, like do do the little things because like it, it, the the star players need to do that too. We just when they do it, we just take it for granted because it looks so easy for them to do those little things. Uh, the dark horse yeah. to contend for the cup. This is going to be an interesting category for Vancouver Canucks fans. Uh, there were four teams that got over ten percent of the vote. Dallas led the way with 33%. New Jersey at 20%. The Canucks with 18%. And then the Sens, who a lot of people are talking about, is going to be this team that takes this big step this season. And who can blame everyone for saying that with some of the moves that they made this offseason? We're at 15%. Uh, I don't want to talk about Dallas because I find them extremely boring to talk about. It's because they are extremely boring to talk about. I think New Jersey is... Interesting, and obviously, that was the the team that Wish and Wish is a Devils fan, but I don't think he was playing Homer there. Um, I think he was, uh, you know, if you look at this New Jersey team, they've been trying to build something for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, goaltending is going to be a question mark. I know Laddie likes what they've got in the goaltending there. Um, who's it again? Vitek Vanacek. right? Okay, so and Blackwood, and, Bla- and Blackwood's still there. Um, but the Canucks getting eighteen percent of the vote, I, th- I thought that was interesting, and and because this is a dark horse to contend for the cup, this isn't just hey, who was a team that missed the playoffs last year that you think could make the playoffs this year, right? Dark horse to contend for the cup, and we've said it a few times. If you look at this lineup, you've got down the middle, Elias Pettersson, JT Miller. Bo Horvat, mm-hmm. that's good, especially if Is Pedersen takes a real step this year and JT Miller doesn't take a step back and Bo Horvat stays with the team and he's Bo Horvat, uh, he's pretty consistent. You've got one of the best goalies in the NHL in Thatcher Demko and a legitimate young number one defenseman in Quinn Hughes. Now, obviously there are question marks. There are question marks about the rest of the blue line. After Quinn Hughes, there are question marks, I think for me, and maybe this doesn't get out league wide, but there are question marks for me about the forward group and whether there's enough two-way ability, just kind of the overall hockey IQ Mm -hmm. of the forward group. But on paper, if you were to look at this team as an outsider and you don't, you know, you're one of these people that watches the Canucks all day, you're like, Wow, look at the look at the three good young players. You got a center, a defenseman and a goalie.
1: They take a lot of boxes, without question.
0: And a coach that people like.
1: The issue, of course, is that after Quinn Hughes on the defense, it just falls off a cliff, right? And that's going to be the big X factor for me. Did you have a, I never put the Canucks in I feel like we cover the team too closely to put them in like a a dark horse category. I feel we know exactly what they are, or more specifically, we have ideas of what they're going to be. Like, I'm not sure how the season's going to go, especially at the early parts, but I know where their strengths lie. I know where their weaknesses are. And if they fall short of their goals, I think I know why that they will. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was going through it, and you probably will disagree with me on this one because I don't think you're as big of a fan as I am anticipating to be. I think a legitimate dark horse, and I'm not joking, to maybe even make a run in the playoffs is Nashville. I look at that team, and you want to talk about ticking boxes? You can say they had, I believe it was three guys that scored 40 goals last year, so you're not worried about what's going on up front. On defense, they've got a Norris-caliber guy in Roman Yossi, and they added Ryan McDonough to make them even better. Ryan McDonough on a free, basically, to steal a soccer terminology. And then they've got UC Saros and Nat, who I would – Is it fair to put UC Soros and Thatcher Demko in the same conversation about value and importance to their team? Yes. Right? So I'm looking at that team, and I'm saying as far as teams that no one's talking about that might be a lot better than we think, I think it might be Nashville.
0: I like the Canucks down the middle more than Nashville. So do I. Uh, One of the teams that I think – you know, this team made the playoffs last season, so – yeah, but I still think they'd be a dark horse Uh, L.A. I think L.A.'s on the rise. you would be very um, interested
1: to see how much of a boost that Kevin Fial is going to give them, just in terms of being a more
0: dynamic offensive team. Can Quentin Byfield take a step this year? I like their two-way ability down the middle with Kopitar and mm-hmm.
1: That's. I think that's that's a a this is just a team... a one-two punch for having versatile centers. Yeah,
0: this is just a team that can play good... Solid hockey, so L.A. for me is 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 a dark horse contender, and of course, I hope I'm wrong about that because that's going to be one of the teams that the Canucks are fighting for a playoff spot. If you look at the Pacific Division, you know I, don't, I know a lot of people over the last few years have kind of ma- made fun of the Pacific Division and said, "Man, eh, it's not very good," but now you got the two Alberta teams that are Stanley Cup contenders mm-hmm. in the eyes of most people. Uh, You've got Vegas, which I think will probably bounce back this season, assuming they can stay healthy. And also assuming there isn't anything weird going on in that room, right? And they get the goaltending. Goaltending is going to be a massive factor there. But I think if you look at the talent there, man, that's still a good team. You still got a lot of talent there. You got the Kings, as mentioned. And then the rest of the teams, like Anaheim might be better this season. Anaheim has so much young talent that... You never know with them. Yeah, They seem to have a, a, a habit of starting out well. And maybe John Gibson is a, is a big part of that. And then they kind of, they're John Gibson's like, I'm tired.
1: I played too much.
0: And they kind of fall off. Uh, San Jose and Seattle, I don't have much hope for, especially San Jose. Maybe Seattle can be a little bit better this year, but it doesn't seem like, it just doesn't seem like there's a lot of urgency in Seattle to be really good
1: right away. Um, I think that they're going to be more dynamic than last year just because they have Matty Veneers in the lineup. Yep. And that's going to be a far cry from last year where it was kind of uninspired for long stretches. But I think you've, I think you've assessed the division accurately. Like I, I think your assessment is pretty bang on. If one of those teams in the lower half does surprise and push for a playoff spot, it's going to be tough because I think that there's four legitimately good teams. And where the Canucks fit is going to come down Honestly, to how much Thatcher Demko can play and how effective he can be, because I think he's going to be the biggest difference maker to whether this team makes the playoffs or not
0: this season. Uh, we might get into a few of these other categories at the Athletic: biggest disappointment, first coach fired. But we've run out of time in this segment, and we want to talk to Joe Fan about the Seattle Mariners, who kick off their series with the Houston Astros today, this afternoon. Uh, obviously, an upset of the Blue Jays. Game two was incredible uh, from the Mariners' perspective, a disaster from the Blue Jays' perspective. Uh, so, we're going to hop on the Mariners bandwagon coming up next with Joe Fan on the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. This is the best of Halford and Bruff. Download the full show through Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.